and welcome to another episode of Cathode Ray Mission. And holy shit, uh, are we reviewing a crazy movie today? Uh, we have a guest on this week um, who um, you'll hear on a later episode uh, but we, that we just recorded, but we're bringing him here for this one and uh, to review a movie that he picked out. So yes. coming to us from Los Angeles is musician... Whoa. Uh, performer Chalky. Hey, Chalky. Thanks for having me. Hi. Hi, Will. Hi, Randy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, and with me, as always, is Randy Hire in Oklahoma City. I'm doing, I'm fucking up the intro. On this. It's all good, man. You know, <laughs> I think you did. It great. happens. I think you did fantastic. We, um, you know, it's the thing that happens on here at the intro. Sure. Just They're always a little bit Just roll with, it. Just roll with it. You know, we, we, we make like Steve Winwood says, roll with it. <laughs> Uh, so Chucky, you you picked this movie Massacre Mafia style, which I had not heard of. Let me so say you thank us- you to you, Chucky. Yes, Ch- yes, thank you. My language, was thank you. Me. You know what? I've never seen this movie. I've always wanted an excuse to watch this movie, and so thanks for giving me an excuse to watch a movie and talk about it. Because now I have no one to. I live alone. I have no one to talk about movies I watch with. <laughs> so I'm in the Chucky, same boat. Why don't you give us? Why don't you give us a little review of like what happens in this movie, where it came from, and how you found out about it? Okay, well, I've always heard about this movie just in like tape trading circles, um, and just in like cult movie circles. So I've always wanted to see it. I knew it was a Godfather exploitation movie, which was a big thing that happened after the Godfather, and I knew that it was filmed in L.A., which is rare. For those movies and it had like cool LA locations and it does they go to Musso and Franks they go to uh, the Hollywood Bowl they're in these cool neighborhoods they're in these cool houses and so and I heard it was on Tubi and when you told me to pick out a movie Will I really wanted it to make sure it was from Tubi because during this pandemic Tubi has been a really good friend to me as a streaming service first of all it's free and they have the greatest selection of cult and underground movies there it's incredible so I've been watching a lot too. So I wanted to make sure, just that it was from that collection. And I Ag, Agfa, the American Genre Film Archive, has a partnership with you, mm. and that's the reason why they have so many weird, cool movies. There. You know, um, I never watched anything on Tubi, so thanks for showing me that too. And like, yeah, this was completely unedited. There's nudity. I swear, I don't work for Tubi. I don't work like, for Tubi. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, but this movie, Masker Mafia style, uh, I what year is it from? Is it from seventy four? 74? Okay, 74. It feels 74. It's very brown. You know, yes, it is. back there was brown. <laughs> this movie is brown as hell. Uh, and uh, I don't know. what I don't even know what it's about, man. Like, Is there a story that happens? It's about this guy who is like, just like, he's he's really Italian, and he, yeah. he hangs around doing a lot of Italian things a lot of the time. And they're just like, hey, mama mia, what's happening? Manicotti, spaghetti. And they sing fucking songs. Yeah. And they look really cool. They're all really wet and greasy. And they have like pompadours and him and his friends. I mean, his name is Mimi, this guy. Yeah. And he like shoots people and he has a father. Well, yeah, the opening sequence (laughs) is so awesome. It's just these two (laughs) dudes, no introduction to who they are. And watching it, you're like, man, Tarantino has like definitely seen this movie you know because it's it's super pulp fictiony at the beginning i mean to be fair uh it's that movie the killers or whatever especially the the don siegel one like the color one with ronald reagan you know like that's sort of the genesis of like the two hitmen who are quirky in suits 
walking into a place and just shooting people. But I mean, all time. But it starts off with the bang. The movie yeah, starts off all timer like, right opening. Just them yeah. shoot a montage of them opening doors and shooting people, <laughs> and they kill they kill yeah. like a woman, like a secretary who's like completely innocent. And then there's a moment when a child comes in to an elevator and he just like caresses his face there's a lot of there's a lot of tender <laughs> moments in this movie with other adult men and children and it's just you know hey Italians like to love hey and they kiss each other throughout there's so much kissing in this movie he kisses almost every character <laughs> on the mouth in the movie yeah every character gets a big and it's not just a peck it's a big wet women kiss. men children like yes mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a mafia movie and it's a lot action packed, like Randy just said. And one great thing about this movie, it has the seventies blood in it, which is like, looks like paint and it's all over this movie. Yeah. Yes. It's very Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Is what it reminded me. Like the, like, oh yeah, I love the orangey red blood. That temper paint. It it washes out of your clothing. And there's some crazy, like there's some gore effects in this that I was like, Mm. whoa. Like I was really impressed with, yeah, there's some great kills in this movie. Yeah. There's some great kills in this movie. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was, so this guy, this guy, he's, he's, he's going on missions to kill people and do hits. He's in the mafia. He's a made man. (laughs) uh, And he has these conundrums with his family and he sits around and does a lot of Italian things with people, and he has sex with the most smoking women I've ever seen on, in film. And, um, yeah. and then there's this really cool twist ending, and there's so much style within all this, but I want to know what you guys really thought about this movie. Oh, this movie's also very racist. This, oh, yes. Well, the characters, but he made the movie, so yeah, by extension. It, so they it's are starring, super racist. It's, like, it's starring, sure. directed, produced, and written by this gentleman named Duke Mitchell, uh, he plays Mimi, and he paid for this movie out of pocket. He was a lounge singer in Palm Springs. They call him the King of Palm Springs, and he made all his money in his lounge act. But before that, he was in a fake Martin and Lewis act, and they were in a movie called Bella Lugosi Meets the Brooklyn Gorilla. And after that movie came out, Jerry Lewis sued them, and but they got they got famous, you know. So he had some notoriety. He had connections in Hollywood, and he made this movie in L.A. It's a post-Godfather movie. Uh, yeah, very racist. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I. Yeah. it's awesome, man. I uh, I had just watched The Godfather, so that was being really fresh on my mind watching this. I was like, it's a real treat. And I, I loved, at the beginning, they kind of don't say it out loud. They should like put the year on a title card or something, but like I figured it out at the beginning. He's 48 when he made this movie, but he's supposed to be 31. And, like, I believe that, like, 15 years pass or something like that. Because the kid is six at the beginning. I think at the end he's, like, he's been in school in London. So I'm assuming he's, like, 20, 21 or something like that. So, Uh but his hair is, like... Because I was like, his hair is so crazy. It's, like, black dyed. Like, it looks insane. And then, but then later he like ages. I don't know. It was it was very. I thought it was very strange. Are you are you are you making the argument that this movie was made over a number of years? <laughs> no, I'm. I don't think it was actually. I, or that it takes place over. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Okay. Sorry, I'm no, I'm not being clear. But yeah, I was just surprised. No, it's okay. I, epic it, it, I was very hard for me to. Though. I could. It was very hard for me to follow the story. I don't really understand this. Story. So someone I mean, can explain I, that to me. I I kind of got it. It's just that like he 
that's the thing I thought was interesting when I realized all of this is like a big, supposed to be like a big epic that takes place like over this guy's entire career. Coming to LA is like this small guy coming in like from from Sicily or whatever and he's like oh because he looks he looks old throughout the whole movie yeah that's confusing (laughs) okay I see what you're saying (laughs) everyone's like don't do it there's nothing in Los Angeles for you it's all it's all everyone's already made it and don't he's a young man in the beginning of the movie he's younger than any of us by like they're crazy <laughs> because yeah because he ages and then he gets the gray hair and then he gets the mustache and that's like another yes second. well when oh, he I didn't even notice mustache I was like is that him because he had sunglasses <laughs> it's when they're on the deck the of the boat on. and they first have the mustache I was like is that him like and that's kind of like we're he's gonna make porn that like the god the Godfather right it's like he's yeah. doing it over a span like an epic yeah okay, got it it's a comedy and then you know he he builds himself uh, up so far and then he and then he finally goes back home and then they're like um you walked out on us and that's you know you can't ever be forgiven for that he says an um, epic monologue yeah it's like and just insane. Gets, it's yeah. great. The Latin, the third act of the movie is amazing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he has many monologues that, in the movie, and he does pretty good. He's, I like him as an actor. Yeah, honestly. I do he's, too. He's awesome. Dude, I, like I can't wait to see his other movie. Too. Me too. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like the Pope something. He has like another movie. Yeah, he has another movie called Gone with the Pope that was never completed. Yes, yes. Uh, and then they found it in a garage and they restored it. Ooh, but nice. this movie, don't you think this movie looked really nice? Like this, this transfer that we watched on Tubi looked just great. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're always taking a chance with these. And also like a lot of these movies, when I maybe would have heard about them, you know, they may have still been on VHS or like a really shitty early DVD, like a flipper DVD uh, release. Uh, of it and you know so I there's a movie called The Witch Who Came From The Sea that I mm. kind of like and the VHS I originally saw that was a piece of shit yeah and um, they put out a pretty nice uh, restoration of that sense um, that still does not look great but it looks a little bit better and so it's always nice when you can get a, a much better looking version of that film especially as low budget as this one was from mm-hmm. 1974, which I usually imagine those things just like rot in someone's garage or attic or something. Yeah, it was, it was done so well. Um, but yeah, I didn't thank you guys for telling me about the, the, the epic, like the story. So it's just, it's through the years, right? Mm-hmm. And he's moving up. Yes. Okay. And then he goes back home. And yeah. that's when the, the epic ending happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about that ending? I want to tell people that this movie is only an hour and 18 minutes long. Yeah. Which is the, that is the sweet spot. That is perfect. And yet it, and it tells a big story. 15 years of this, like, the yeah. saga. <laughs> the mafia is him and his buddy. Basically, like, uh, he just, like, shows up to a bar. He's like, do you want to be, like, start our own mafia? And he's like, yes, let's do it. And that's, like, yeah. all that... It is, but it works somehow, even though... Well, there's so many scenes, like, the big pivotal scenes are all like that, like, hey, let's go do this, okay, okay, we did it. But then there's just, like, so much filler of them just being Italian and eating. (laughs) (laughs) Which I got kind of bored with, actually. Like, I was looking at Twitter when they got too Italian for a while, I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because there is that whole section where it's like, we're going to go kidnap this guy, 
at church and they, they, yeah, there's like, <laughs> they don't even put the, the camera down on tripod cause they didn't get a license to a permit to shoot there. And they're like, okay, church go around the corner then come back around the corner with a guy and then we're done. And then like they cut <laughs> this dude's finger off and they send it to his family and they're like, Oh my God, no. And then everything's okay. And yeah, that was and crazy. Like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it just jumps around. They give him man. back and then they just like bring the money back. They give the money yeah. to the kid for his wedding, right? Like, but something like that. And it's like, like, now we work for you and everything is cool. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you cut his finger off. It's, <laughs> it was so bizarre. And, but it's just like kind of proving himself that he is a tough guy. And so, like, that's what he wants to do. And then he wants to take over kind of like the prostitution racket in town. And then he transitioned over into making porn movies. Which I love. And that was awesome when it was like all of a sudden, like, they're on a boat. It's like, we're making a yeah. porno. And like, it's just <laughs> like this big monologue about how they can make. I mean, I liked. Um, he tries to add this element in there. And I think it's really interesting, actually. And it's when, they, when he's, he's trying to get into. Uh, being a pimp in Hollywood, and he, he there the main pimp in Hollywood is a guy named Super Spook, which is super rude. Ooh. And then and then they uh, yeah we can they're, they're like yeah they're trying to intimidate him in a in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Super Spook, and he Super Spook's like kind of a younger hippie dude, and like he's like dude, you guys sound like old movies. You guys sound mm-hmm. corny as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like him dealing with the new wave of crime, which are like hippie kids, and it was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. He like doesn't. He's like, I don't understand these kids. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. In that scene, that's like this super long monologue, like tirade at that guy. It's like one of the most racist monologues. And it's that's, one of the most racist things I've ever seen. That is one of the another reason why I feel like Tarantino like definitely has seen and like loves this movie. You know, but um. But then the dude is like, yeah, he's like, you guys are like Humphrey Bogart, and he leaves, which is seemingly... That that messed with him. Yeah, it's like seemingly like way less of an insult than like the whole thing that he just... I mean, this is the (laughs) N-word like so many times, you know? But then, yeah, at the end of the movie, he's like, these kids, they don't respect you or me. They call us Humphrey Bogart. Like, it clearly, (laughs) that was like... He's like you know bleeding I, out he, from he, that insult. It's like I don't know. Maybe the script is smart in a way. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I know it is. It, but Duke Mitchell also always said that he wrote this movie based on his real life experiences. And I wonder if a kid really called him that before. You know what I mean? Wow. And it like messed with him. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but the movie is like, it's one of those, like, if you can't handle movies that have that kind of stuff in it, like, which I feel like increasingly more and more people are like, don't want to like, you know, want to shelter themselves away from that kind of stuff or edit that kind of stuff out of movies or whatever, you know, like, instead of just letting it be what it is. Yeah, I would yeah. not watch. Well, this well movie, as, si- as silly as this movie, as silly know. as this movie is, like he they they talk like human beings do. Like they talk like mm-hmm. him and his friends are talking like him and his friends talk. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's I, what's kind of yeah. cool about this movie. It's very <laughs> authentic feeling. Yes, it, it is. Feels like a dude and his. It feels like a dude and his friends made a movie. Yes, you know I mean? and it's a point <laughs> of view that you know. I mean. <laughs> It is what it is, you know. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. It was. It's this weird 
thing this guy made and you know can like for take sure it for what a vanity it is, project. You know? Oh, it's absolutely. Such a vanity. Yeah. Every girl, every girl in this movie thinks he's the greatest and wants to marry him. And you know, I know. Like, when he's in bed with your that, wife, Mimi. That, you know? like, like, of course, you're writing that about like, yourself. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, so, I thought it was. So this was. I loved it. Honestly, is I mean, just on a low budget ingenuity level, like. Mm-hmm. And to have editing, it's like, edited uh, well. It oh my good. god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Will, yeah, what were you I about mean, to say? Oh, I was just going to say this was re-released by Grindhouse Releasing, yes. which uh, I don't know if you all know much about that. The Stallone uh, connection. Uh, yeah, Sage Stallone. Uh, that was his company. Uh, really? Yeah, and uh, I only know about oh. him because he was connected with this guy Damon Packard, who did this movie. Uh, Reflections, Reflections of, evil. of Evil. Yeah, and also the untitled Star Wars <laughs> mockumentary, which I fucking love. Um, so yeah, he was involved with that. That guy's movies are amazing and crazy. <laughs> He's um, yeah, I just read that. Um, R.I.P. to Sage yeah. Stallone. Yeah. R.I.P. I go visit Sage Stallone. He's at um, the Pierce Brothers uh, cemetery in Westwood with um, Dennis Wilson and John Cassavetes and Ooh. and um, lots of people. Mark Griffin's there. Mm. Oh, shit. Are you doing, you're doing tours, right, Chucky? Uh, well, I'm not doing tours right now because the crazy yeah. numbers in Los Angeles yeah. are, are, I don't want to make anyone go outside, but I, I have been working on, yeah, graveyard, Hollywood punk rock graveyard tours. If mm. anyone's ever in town, check it out. Follow me on Instagram. Oh, Hollywood yeah. Punk rock graveyard tour. But uh, I see Stage Stallone. Yeah, he's near. He's near everybody. Wow. And I didn't know that connection. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Star of Rocky Five and Daylight yep. and that's Chaos. Not him, that's not him in. That's not him in Over the Top, right? No. No. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this this one. I don't know. It's just like this guy is so interesting. This actor, Duke Mitchell. Um, Yes. You know, we talked about kind of the, the, the Bella Lugosi meets the Brooklyn gorilla and the, the Martin and Lewis like impersonators that they were. Um, yeah. And so there's like these lounge, there's this lounge singer in that same scene where they're going to, after they cut the dude's finger off and then they go to his son's wedding that has a lounge singer in it and he's doing kind of the goofy, like, a, an Italian song about yes. pasta. I love like stuff like of, that in movies, man. I, I wish people would sing songs in movies, but like, you know, yeah. like in that yeah. way. This is a movie made by a musician. Yeah. You can tell. Yes. There's so much music in it. And the music's cool. In it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that. I don't, that, that, that pasta song's amazing though. Can you sing it for us, Will? I can't remember the lyrics, but it was just like. It was like man, lasagna or something <laughs> and spaghetti or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I come, I come from a culture where people have a wedding and they just put some. Sh- they connect a fucking iPod to a boombox, and yeah, like, yeah. so there's nothing there, and it's just like to have a culture. Like, no, we we uh, uh, Andy's uncle, yeah, he's a he's a lounge singer, so it's like this like show that goes on. At just like it goes he, on, it goes yeah, on and on. Yeah, uh, but it also reminds me of like Raging Bull when, um, you know, in, in the last like I don't know third of the movie where he's like all fat and 
he owns that nightclub and he's doing like the stand-up routine and and he's just like (laughs) (laughs) like any of that old old style kind of like cat skills style um like coming in from vaude like coming over from vaudeville it's like i like it to a certain extent but people who like that's their thing and i'm like i don't know man i don't know if i could yeah um but I mean, I guess that's where he was coming from, though Duke Mitchell. I guess that's what he was doing, uh, or maybe he was just trying to prove himself because he was in living in Palm Springs, and there was a Frank Sinatra connection there. Hmm. So I think he really wanted to be in with Frank Sinatra, yeah. really bad. Or he what? Maybe he was, you know. And uh, I don't know. So that, it's an interesting. It's interesting to see all that shit like on the, with the West Coast backdrop in this movie. It's mm-hmm. a cool contrast, which, you know, it's a little jarring. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, because, like, what what, what other, are there any other, like, big, like, organized crime movies that take place on the West Coast, like, that that really, in the same way that, like, a New York, no. like, Godfather type? I mean, There's it's all, noir. There's, like, pre-code noirs that I don't yeah. know about their, their names, but I, <laughs> I've seen. But even then, it's, know, not like, but, it's not, like, it's not, like. Mo- there's like um, uh, Dark Passage, but that's not like a mafia movie. That's uh, like Mulholland that's Falls movie. comes to mind, but that's about that's sort of about why there's no mafia in LA because it's about oh, really? the cops just like what about Chinatown? killing no. people, like basically Chinatown. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean that's more like. Like a business getting involved with politics versus yeah like yeah not necessarily crime. It's just like I mean it is, but no, there's not, no Italian mafia movie made in LA. Like this. <laughs> so you yeah, have to I mean do it Miami is, basically if you want palm trees and mafia. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, Italians must love dogs because there's a lot of dog love in this movie. You knew that yeah. dog was going to get served to him or something <laughs> like crazy, but they. Okay, yeah, they the dog dies and it's an awesome scene. But they they keep feeding everyone keeps feeding the I dog. Know. They put milk they put milk bones in their mouth and the dog eats it out of their <laughs> mouth. But like multiple characters, yeah, do this in the it's, and it's so it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing cute dog, but it's super ugly at the same. time. It's like a yeah. surprisingly ugly dog for like his prize dog. You know, it just looks yeah. super unkempt what, what, and like crazy kind of. His right hand man was named Jolly, right? I think uh, so. That's uh, what would you, you guys think of that actor? I love that He's guy. He reminded me of uh, what's his name from from Trailer Park Boys a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Wells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, mean, I got a little bit of a, that vibe from him, but like super Italian instead of Canadian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, he had a good he had a good vibe. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought a. I did yeah. like. Good energy to the movie for sure. Like when he shows up, I, it's like you really starts kicks in. Go on, Will. Sorry, I, I did like that whole scene where they did serve his dog to him. You know where he's at the restaurant and everything, and then yeah. he's like, no, no, and then like the guy puts the cover back over the dog as they're like holding him down and, and killing him and yeah, walking out. Like there's a lot of like stuff like that in the movie. I'm like, oh, that was neat. That was kind of like a nice uh, yeah. put together scene. That was like unexpected from a movie like this. And there's a lot of scenes and there's a lot of set pieces. It's like, he didn't half ass this movie. No. He really. Yeah. He went for it. And that's, that's one thing that sticks out. It's like, wow, this is, it's not a, 
it's not some vanity project just to like make it look good. Like you really put a lot, lot of heart into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. You can feel the soul. And I feel like it's essential viewing for any movie fan. Yes. You know what I mean? The part when they crucify the pimp, that was like next level set to that music to, uh, I don't know. That came out the same year as Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, really? Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if it was, it was a nod to that at all. Wow. But, um, at the end of the movie, yeah, he talks to, he talks about the Godfather and how they, yes, he brings up the Godfather. Yeah. In that monologue. And that's cool. It's cool to him have, a movie be meta about movies. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, from that early on. Like, cause like he was really trying to say something about the Godfather. I don't quite know what, uh, but it was a commentary on the Godfather. Right. And I don't quite know <laughs> what his position is or, or what he's trying to say about it and why it was wrong. Right. I couldn't figure that out either. That's <laughs> yeah, what he was like, asking. what's this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause he has that whole monologue with his dad at the very end, you know? And, mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm like, and then by the end of it, where his son kills him, I'm like, okay, what, what, what is the point? Cause his like, um, the guy, Mimi's dad is like, uh, no, the boy, the boy has not been touched by crime. He's got clean hands and he's going to have clean hands and he's going to not get into this like you and I have. And then, and then Mimi Jr. kills Mimi. <gasps> like almost the end, immediately. The shocking ending. Yeah. He used the bread wow. again, and I love that. Yeah. The whole bread. That was a good, that was a good callback. Bread. Yeah. Bread is very symbolic in all cultures. <laughs> <laughs> and did you guys notice, did you guys notice during the the scene, uh, the monologue with Mimi's dad, how the camera pans around, but you yes. can hear the cameraman walking on the floor. You hear him like yeah. cre- creaking on the floor. <laughs> Great. That was awesome. Yeah, no ADR in this movie. We're just gonna <laughs> capture it yeah. as it as it was. Um, yeah, and it's a very creaky floor that they filmed that on. And I, I can't remember if we mentioned it at the beginning of the uh, or before we started recording, but this the title card at the very end of this movie says that the movie is titled "Like Father, Like Son." Father, like <laughs> yeah. Which, um, I always love that when the titles. But like, that spoils different. the ending. It does, it yeah. It spoils the ending, so they can't call totally. it. Totally. You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of looked at it as a precursor to how The Irishman is actually called, like, I Heard You Paint Houses, or that's like the title card yeah. at the beginning. Or it's like it you go see Star Wars and then it says A New Hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I thought I was just seeing Star Wars. Cool with it being like bonus. this movie is also called this at the end, and it's like I mean that's fun. that's cool. To I mean me. they do that. <laughs> there's not for there's all. There's a movie movies. I love called. Uh, there's a movie I love called The Freak Maker, but anytime you find it, it's called like The Mutations, and it's uh, just, yeah. for whatever reason they fucking now nah, we'll we'll go by this other title just to sell it. I've got a movie More, called Blood Rage. And when you play it, it's like the title is something completely, it's like something stupid, you know, like something like <laughs> way less sensational than Blood Rage, you know? Yeah. And then I have a couple movies like that on Blu-ray where like, it's like in this version, like Lionheart, which Jean-Claude Van Damme is called Leon, you know, that movie has like eight different titles. And it's like, Weird. You know, yeah. Huh. Fun or, fact. Or no, like retroactively make it a sequel to some other movie or like, yeah. Um, kind of like troll two or something mm. was a, like <laughs> goblin movie. And then they're mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, make it a sequel to this other movie. <laughs> so. 
Um, okay, so I think we're about at a good point to take a quick break and come back with our big roundup. Massacre Mafia style. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romaine. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Okay, welcome back. We're here with the big roundup for Massacre Mafia style. Uh, Chucky, on a one to five star scale, what did you give Massacre Mafia style? I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to dock it one star for the, the racism, but it's dope. Everyone should see it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Randy, what about you? What do you got? I, um, I'm also going to give it four stars. I think, I mean, I'm always, anytime somebody does like a movie with no money, clearly, or like their own, they've saved up money to like tell some story they need to tell, you know, for whatever reason. Like, I always prefer this to, like, a movie where it's just, like, a couple talk, you know, for, like, 90 minutes, and you're just kind of like, I like before, movies. Before sunrise. Well, okay, that's a good, that's an example of, like, a movie like that that I like, I guess. But, like, okay. um. Or like one, I mean that's clearly precursors like One Night in Mods or something like that. But like, uh, I mean like the newer movies where you at the end of it you're like, why who why do they feel compelled to tell this story? You know, but like right. the movie like this, I would I'll just spoil one of my wrecks right now. Like the name Massacre uh, Mafia Style made me think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which came out a year before, which is another. Like just some some weird dude made he had a vision and made a movie, you know. This is nowhere near as good, but it's still like just in terms of what they do with editing and the way they tell the story with voiceover and like the extreme ambition of it. And also, yeah, the characters are like super racist, but I also kind of believe that those people are super racist, you know? Yes. And like yeah. we were talking about 
the way that they call back to what he, the guy, the pimp says to him, you know, and clearly, and yeah. they viciously murder that guy too. And it's like, yeah, I think he's kind of in that monologue talking about like, we're just like, you know, we have fragile egos, but we need to let that go because we have no power now. We just need to like settle down. Like, mm-hmm. and so I think it's maybe a little more intelligent than, you know, it's going to get credit for just based on like how it's, it is also a a crazy exploitation movie, you know, but it's pretty self-reflective actually. Yeah. Yeah. When you take, take some distance from it. Yeah. That's a a real good, but I, so I I loved it though. (laughs) So four stars from me. I'm I'm also going to give it four stars. Um, I, I was not expecting this movie, uh, to be what it was when I first turned it on. Uh, that first scene really kind of like set the tone uh, really well. Uh, I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and I think if it had just started off without that and just kind of started off with Mimi's story, I would not <laughs> have been too on board. But giving us a really crazy opening <laughs> that kind of shows us where we're going to end up in this movie. Genius. And then, Honestly. And then kind of going like rewinding a bit and like, okay, okay, let's start at the very beginning. With this meme. That's me. Goodfellas does that too. Goodfellas does yeah. the same thing. You know, like the same way this movie does. You might be wondering how I how I got to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it yeah. all started back in Sicily, and so the fact that it takes place over like it's not just a um, you know a bunch of guys. We're gonna we're gonna do the one big job. It's like no, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be you know the big man in L.A. And I'm going to do whatever I can to get to it, even if it takes my entire life. And it takes him years and years. And you get to see where he goes and where he goes. Um, all under an hour and a half, right? It's like, you know, yeah. you get this big epic in less than an hour and a half. Um, it's very exciting. It, it moves very quickly. Um, it's not ever really boring, despite all the talking in it. Um, I don't know. I, I give it four stars. I think it's. I think it was really surprising, and I'm gonna recommend it with that. Uh, and it's for free on Tubi. Everybody. It's for free on Tubi right yeah. now. And we didn't. We didn't even talk about the the, the numerous uh, urinal deaths in this movie. Oh yes. You, you guys got to watch it for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, crazy. Okay. Recommendations. What do we got for recommendations, Chalky? Um, well, I'm not. I don't know so much about. Uh, God's Godfather exploitation in the '70s Italian mafia movies. I know there's a lot of them, uh, but I love the spaghetti westerns. And one of my favorite spaghetti westerns I recently watched was Sergio Carbucci's *The Great Silence* with Klaus Kinski, and it's Ooh. so awesome and it's so dark and it's so cool. Hmm. And Ennio Morricone does the music for it, and he does a soundtrack to a movie I've never seen, but the soundtrack is super sick. It's called *The Sicilian Clan*, and everyone should listen to that. Those are my records. Sweet, nice. Randy, what you got? Um, I keep thinking about some movie. I think it was like called Dillinger or something. I feel like it had Warren Oates that I watched that was like, it was in this vein, but it was like a way more, like it was made by like Warner Brothers or something, you know. But um, the movie I kept thinking about, it's a superior movie. I mean, it's just maybe like artistically superior, like conventional wisdom would say. Um, and you brought up Cassavetes earlier. The Killing of a Chinese Bookie is a movie oh, I kept thinking. Oh, that's about. an LA crime movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that so, one's amazing. That's the yeah. yeah. That's a movie I kept thinking about while we were watching this. And 
I mean, Ben Gazzara is it's a super good movie. I think Seymour Cassell is in it. He's like one of the mobsters. Dude, that's the best L.A. crime double feature ever. You should be a movie curator. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do that. That's awesome. So, yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a fun one to watch, though, with this. Back to you, Big Willie style. Uh, I don't really have any recommendations for this one. Um, so I'll just mention another movie I watched over the weekend. Oh. <laughs> this is your segment. Real steel. I know. I know. I don't, uh, whatever. Uh, I watched Skyscraper with Anna Nicole Smith uh, last night. On TV. <laughs> oh, dude. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That is... <laughs> like, like, looking back now, I'm just like, wow, we really just, like, kind of decided we were going to try to put her in some stuff uh, and make a big star out of her. And, you know, sometimes you take a gamble on that and you get, like... I don't know, an Erica Elaniac or a Jenny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes you get uh, an Anna Nicole Smith and it just, it is like, you really keep trying and you really keep trying to go for it and it just doesn't work. That movie, um, she was like shot, they shot new scenes and edited her into, right? Where she's like the star of the movie, but it was like previously shot. This is like a saved action movie. I don't movie know. I just like, like turned, I remember seeing the box on, on the shelf at the video store, but never I bought it. I have it on VHS, dude. Do you really? May I, ask, may I ask what streaming service you viewed this uh, cinematic masterpiece on, please? It's on Tubi. Thank you. Yes, okay, awesome. it, it is on Tubi. <laughs> uh, I will also mention Tubi is a, a place that I've been, uh, I had been avoiding because uh, I didn't think it was of quality and I thought it was more like a crackle, which I didn't enjoy. Uh-huh. But I've since gotten onto that and to Pluto TV and I'm, I've got those on. Dude, Pluto is sick, dude. Pluto's you got to put on the Vivo 70s music channel. <laughs> on. It's so rad. I put on, I they, like, some of the movies <laughs> will come on. I'll watch, like, the last half, and I'm like, great, man, that was awesome. And then, yeah. Thel- <laughs> and then Thelma and Louise comes on, and you're like, ah, well, okay, I'm here for another two hours. And uh, it, it's hard to, it, like, the reason I don't like it is because it feels more like cable. Where you get there's gotta, too many commercials. Yes, on, and the thing about Tubi is that when I watched uh, Massacre Mafia style, there was one commercial break uh, near the very beginning. I got two. I had like I two. two. I don't know why the algorithm gives me. I know. I got one at the very beginning and one about twenty minutes in, and then or maybe about fifteen minutes in, and that was it. And I was like, great. Um, so commercials are not that bad um, on Tubi. Uh, I was raised on commercials. I, like- I know. I can't, I can't watch them anymore, though, man. Like, Jen and I will watch this YouTube channel of just, like, commercial packages. Um, but I can't watch, like, n- like, like current television with commercials on. Modern. Yeah. I can't do it. So. I'm with you. I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, great, everyone. Thank you so much for, for uh, Chalky, for bringing this movie to us. Uh, I never would have seen watching it. watching it with me. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, what do you yeah. got going on, Chalky? What do you want to promote uh, to the people? Uh, if you're ever in L.A. after a pandemic and you want to go on a graveyard tour, come on the Hollywood Punk Rock Graveyard Tour. Follow me at Hollywood Graveyard Tour on Instagram. And you got a band camp, too. People should check out your band camp. I just did a holiday special, a whole holiday special. I know the holidays are over, but still, you can watch it, and it's fun. People just look up Chalky Christmas special. We watched that. We watched that on Christmas Eve. That was great. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that was 
I, I'm a Bob Log fan, so it was great having him and a Space Lady fan too. It was great having both of them on that. On Thank that. you. Uh, um, and I also Do you I guys forgot, have, Will you guys have me back on for Robot Jock someday? Oh hell yeah, dude! Yeah, totally. Uh, I also need to mention I forgot to mention this on the last recording, but um, you're the second guest we've had who has been on Check Please Bay Area. Uh, nice. <laughs> Jesse McGrath, or uh, another previous guest was also on check police bay area uh randy before we go is it is it true are the rumors true that you don't like rock and roll high school no did i did you listen to our episode i listened to the one directly afterwards we i think i gave it what did i give it will i i I can't remember what you gave when we get to episode 50 i'm gonna do a little research and find out what our ratings were i like it just fine not my yeah. favorite, All right. though. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Guys. Yeah. Rock and roll high school rules forever. <laughs> Randy, what you got this week? Oh, nothing. Just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got. Cool. <laughs> I'm not plugging shit because I don't know what's going on when this is coming out. I know. I always feel bad. Like, yeah, check out our our shit, and then in between recordings, I don't know people. Storm the Capitol or something. Oh, yeah. Or I some mean, other shit. Uh, we record these so far in advance sometimes. It's just like so much shit happens. Um, that last uh, Jesse McGrath episode came, we recorded that in October, and I think it came out a couple weeks ago. So The Gemini Man one? Or like, yeah, Gemini Man. Who knows who will be president, you know? <laughs> it's like, is that far enough in advance? Uh, All for right. me, uh, documentary reviews for on SEPDOC, uh, you got uh, Nerd Rage of the Great Debates for comedy debates and then talkies every two weeks on Twitch. Uh, fun comedy show. Uh, check us back here next week. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Review us on the places where you review it so we can get more listeners. And thank you all again. We'll be back next week.